we want to dedicate this episode to Blaze Bernstein, the Penn student who was murdered over winter break. I didn't know Blaze super well, but the times I did meet him, he was incredibly kind and bizarre and hilarious. And I personally am pretty shaken up by the news coming out about his death, and I just want to take a moment to remember him and to remind everyone to be kind to one another. Whatever Lola wants, Lola gets. And little man, little Lola wants you. Welcome to Bottoms on Top. I'm John. And I'm Andreas. And it's season three. Woo! Did you think you'd make it this far, John? Yes. Wow. I always knew. She's confident. Today... We're going to be chatting, we're going to bring Nick Joyner on for his Silly Faggot Corner, as per usual, and a little bit later we're going to have Prakash Mishra and Chris Cahill come on to talk about body image in the queer community. And I can't wait. Neither can I. How was your break, Andreas? It's still happening. Mm -hmm. So, um, I don't know if any of our viewers know, I'm about to like leave the country in a month, so I'm not in school now. So I am home uh, with my mom and my brothers in New York and just... I'm pretty much a homemaker now, so uh, my mom goes to work, I make dinner, mm-hmm. I pick up my brother from school. It's kind of nice, and you know, I've always said that I wanted to be a house husband, and I think I'm really, like, getting the proper training, like, right now, so yeah, I'm excited. How you say domestique? Dom- domestique. <laughs> <laughs> John, how was your break? How's the start of the semester? Break was good. I did a lot of crafting. I finished a latch hook that I've been working on for three years. Wow. Um, It should only take like a month, but I was just very lazy about it, so it (laughs) took three years. And my friend Karen and I also made candles. You did make your candles. That I gave out as Christmas gifts. So, okay, we've got a lot to talk about. We do. We've got a lot of new music releases, and as we always say before we talk about pop music for 20 minutes, we know this isn't a music podcast. But we're going to try to make it quick, rapid fire. Let's talk. I'll let you start with Camila. Okay, so uh, Camila Cabello released her new album. She is that member from Fifth Harmony, that dip. I stan. And um, I posted on my Snapchat the other day that I I will stan her, even though there's, like, massive amounts of evidence that she's, like, a really shitty person. But I still stan. The album slaps. Highlights are Real Friends, Into It, and in the dark, in my humble opinion. I'll check it out. Also, um, Obama put Havana on his, like, 2017 playlist. He did. He also put SZA's Broken Clocks, which is hilarious because she's talking about running back to the strip club, and I'm like, damn, Obama's in his bag. You think Obama's never been to a strip club? He's definitely been to one, but I don't think he's ever been, like, SZA running (laughs) back to the strip club. (laughs) That's true. Um, Next, Troy Sivan came out with a single... For those of you that don't know, Troy Sivan is Australia's most famous twink. (laughs) Um, I really liked his last album, Blue Neighborhood. Um, I think it's great for, like, I wish I was, like, 16 when it came out. I think it's very, like, fun and youthful. This new single, My, 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 I think has a little bit more, like, mature mainstream appeal. And have you seen the video? I have seen the video. Number one, it has the warning, like, don't watch if you have epilepsy. Which, I'm just like, just don't put strobe lights in the video. Yeah, they like, I was watching and I was like, imagine if it didn't have strobe lights. Yeah. It would be a similar effect. Yeah. But whatever. 
what I will say about the video is I've never thought of Troy Sivan as sexy mm-hmm. until this moment. Like, they're clearly trying to sexualize him, or he's trying to sexualize himself, perhaps. I don't know who's pulling the strings behind that operation. But I think it's our duty as members of this community to be attracted to Troy Sivan and make this move work. <laughs> okay, Demi. You heard it here first. Troy Sivan is hot. You know what? Yeah. I think so. I mean, I still think of him as just, like, cute. I don't know. I'm going to have to revisit that video. Revisit it. Let's wrap it up with... Oh, no. Cupcake. So I have a lot to say about Cupcake. Honestly, do we need to say any more than if you haven't listened to the new album, what have you been doing? We need to say that yesterday Cupcake went on, like, a two-hour, like, Twitter meltdown because people were, like, making... People were calling her, like, a flop because she was really happy that she got on the Billboard Top 200 and people were calling her a flop, saying that she didn't even make the top 100. And then she went on Twitter, like, whited out her, like, like Avi, and was like, I need a break. I've been going through my own stuff. You guys are putting me through so much. All these fans are haters. And then she deleted all the tweets and, like, wow. went back to, like, her usual, like, Twitter activity. Well, let us not forget that she's still self-releasing. Yeah, she's and, independent. Yeah, and on the independent charts, it's doing very well. I think it was number 18 as of last night. Um, so we stan Duck Duck Goose. The video. Queen of having eight dildos in one music video. <laughs> we stan. Um, Andreas, you missed the, the Daily Pennsylvanian annual banquet. I know. Oh my gosh. I I regret it a little bit. My wallet thanks me for not spending money on that vault bus though. Uh-huh. I would say I was there with Joyce and our production assistant Sammy. I would say you didn't miss much. It was just kind of hilarious. I've never been to one before. Mm-hmm. And the DP's just so funny. It's a really interesting org. Like, I went last year, and I was like, I didn't think there'd be drama here. I thought it'd just be a bunch of people who, like, type a lot. But there's drama. They love it. Yeah. Um, they played a lot of straight music. They played Sandstorm. What? <laughs> <laughs> like, like, on the dance floor? Yeah. Oh. So I, I went up to the DJ. I was like, can you please play something that gay people like? And he was like, what's that? And I was like, I don't know, like Ariana Grande, Tanache, give us something. And then I went up later to request Azalea Banks. And he was like, oh, I've got that Tanisha song queued up. And I was like, come again? He's like, the Tanisha song. <laughs> I was like, what is this, like a Sweet 16? We're like, <laughs> the playlist is all like uh, LMFAO. And like... Oh, my God. But he did acquiesce to some of our requests. He did um, Side to Side. And we... We did it justice. I would say I was getting along better with some of the staff of the Init Pen than the <laughs> other members of uh, the DP family. They were better dance partners, but... So, as I said earlier, I'm home for, like, the better of, like, two months or so until I, like, leave. Right. So For South Korea. Yes. So, I've been home, and, you know, it's, like... Being home is, like, interesting with, like, dick appointments and stuff because, like, you know, obviously, like, I'm not going to bring some man into my childhood bedroom. Which, like, I could, but that's, like, risky for a lot of reasons mm-hmm, for my house. Mm-hmm. Moving on. Um, I joined the league. Which, no, you didn't. Yeah. So You're trash. <laughs> so I, like, applied in December. Oh, my God. And I got, like, accepted, quote, quote, like, about a week ago. So I've been swiping on the league, and I have some thoughts on it. So for anyone who doesn't know, the league is, like, basically, like, elitist dating. You have to, like, 
like put your LinkedIn there, put your Facebook and like prove that you're like some type of like professional or student to get on. So <laughs> I pull up on the league, skirt, skirt. And um, it the way it works is at five o'clock every day, you get three people you can like swipe on like Tinder, but you only get three a day. And the league is so like, so one of my friends, another QPOC warned me, they were like, oh yeah, um, the league is just going to be like a bunch of like elitist white gays and like league aesthetics is like matching with only like POC. And I've like tested this. And, like, all my matches are definitely all POC on the league and, like, never, like, any white guys, which, like, doesn't, like, bother me personally. But, like, hearing it as something from another POC and then, like, seeing that trend is definitely, like, not that cool. But, yeah, I'm just using that to waste my time. Waste other people's Uh time. Because, like, I feel like the purpose, like, that app is, like, so funny because, like, I feel like the purpose of so many people, like, having them is not to just have three cards a day. Mm -hmm. I definitely did it just to, like, say I did it. I will say I'm not surprised that the white gays that are joining an app that is specifically designed to be tailoring to the socioeconomically elite are racist. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But thank you for doing the research to prove that hypothesis. I, like, did the field research, you know? And, yeah. Let me just cite that Pavlu, comma, Andreas. (laughs) 2018. Like, put it there on my resume. Now we know. Yeah. Now I'm a researcher. I'm going to put that in my league bio. Whatever. So, we're back with Nick for his silly faggot corner. How are you, Nick? I'm well. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. What do you have on deck? Um, Today, um, I would like to play a game called Do We Claim Her? Queer Icon or No? (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, I think I want to start by reading the Wikipedia definition of a gay icon. Um, So, it says, a gay icon is a public figure, parentheses, historical or present, (laughs) who is embraced by many within the LGBT communities. Some of the main qualities of a gay icon often include glamour, flamboyance, strength through adversity, and androgyny in presentation. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. (laughs) So with this definition in mind, um, Mm -hmm. I would like to present you guys with some names, and we're going to say, claim her or no. Okay. So we're going to start out easy. Mm -hmm. Um, Carrie Underwood. (laughs) (laughs) I claim her. I personally, on a personal level, do not, but I won't speak at the community level there. Why would that be? Um, I just don't really, uh, I haven't yet engaged with country music beyond the Dixie Chicks. Um, That's fair. So I can't speak to that individual. Have you heard Jesus Take the Wheel? I have. Yeah. 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 Well, yeah. That, that counts as claiming. <laughs> <laughs> um, next, we'll move on to Michelle Branch. <laughs> it's going to be a no from me, dog. It's a no from me, dog. <laughs> no comment. Um, do we claim. Dolly Parton. Absolutely. Absolutely. Oh my gosh. She's one. I feel like there are gay icons who are like working for it and engaging with us. And maybe that is her, but as far as I can tell, that she's more of a just like she could care less about us. It was and we love it. Because like Madonna was like, I'm the best gay icon of all time. And we were like, all right, Granny, like chill out. Like (laughs) you can put out your bad music. Um, next we're gonna have a personal favorite of mine. Do we claim LaRue? 
No. <laughs> <laughs> who claims LaRue? Wait, Dude. who is that? Bulletproof. Bulletproof. I didn't know that like, I think, song had a that's name a attached wonder. to it. Okay, Andreas Nolan and I were having this conversation, and we were like, she invented androgyny, and we should claim her. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, I also have some fictional people. I think that's a good one. That is great. Um, Yoshi. <laughs> <laughs> I, You know, I hadn't thought about that. I'm going to meditate. I claim Yoshi because I think I played Super Smash with, like, mm. three characters exclusively, and that was Princess Peach, Yoshi, and Kirby. Exactly. And oh. Blue Yoshi. And Yoshi makes those gay little noises like that. <laughs> when it, like, jumps. So, like, <laughs> is his tongue out? Like, yeah. <laughs> oh, true. Mm-hmm. She's got the tongue and out. it can literally lay eggs. We, cl- we claim her. We claim her. What about Shawn Mendes? Do we claim him? Yes, 100%. <laughs> I don't know if as a gay icon at this point, but... You know, I'm not going to speculate about Sean's identity, but I love him. We love him. I can't get enough of that bottom. Andreas? I don't claim her. Ah! I, <laughs> I, like, don't. But that's, like, nothing special. How about next up we have um, Pleakley from Lilo, the original skinny legend. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Claim. I think so, too. This is one we don't talk enough about. One, a one-eyed legend with a snatched waist. <laughs> yeah, and, you know, we never had to label that alien. No. We never had to assign identities. Gender was unclear. Gender performance was even less clear. <laughs> and we loved them all the more for it. Next up, we have our favorite pyramid scammer, Gwyneth Paltrow. <laughs> <laughs> Do we claim her and her, like, naturopathy and, like, what is it, goop? Goop. Um, <laughs> I recently saw a goop thing that was like advocating for douching with coffee like anal douching um uh-huh. and so Somebody i'm, come get I'm gonna not clean that, that sounds like <laughs> counterintuitive because like like caffeine that doesn't make doesn't make things like tighter like if i'm correct like i don't know you can put it under your it's eyes like vodka tampon I, yeah yeah exactly <laughs> Um, next up we have the Barefoot Contessa. <laughs> uh, of course. Yeah. I agree. She's always cooking for her man. Yes. Making some rice pilaf. Domestic queen. <laughs> Domestic queen. Moving on. Moving on. Um, the Powerpuff Girls. Yes, of course. Stan. Stan. Yeah. And Which one? their dad. Yes. <laughs> Wait. Oh, yeah. He was the, skinny. The professor. Wait, what's he, the hot secretary's name? Miss Bosom? <laughs> <laughs> the mayor's secretary. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, next we have, this was another user submission, um, The Bird from Up. Oh. <laughs> the one that's always, like, squawking at the talking dog. Nick, how many minutes ago did you start making this list? <laughs> I made it yesterday. I sat in woke half for, like, two hours. Okay, because I was on, I was, these were personal ones, and then I went to literally the gay icon Wikipedia, which literally <laughs> listed the craziest people. It had Abraham Lincoln as a gay icon. <laughs> Let's do Azalea Banks. I stand. I didn't. I didn't want to go into this territory, but yeah, I stand. Okay, yesterday I tweeted um, my top three problematic faves, which are Azalea Banks, RuPaul, and Barack Obama. <laughs> so all problematic in, in that, that order. <laughs> in that order. Oh my god. Okay. Um. This is this is a low ball. Fantasia Barino. Oh, absolutely. 
the pride of High Point, North Carolina, <laughs> the rightful winner of season three of American Idol, my queen, my mother, Fantasia Barina. I love her. My favorite was when she was like a judge on like season two of Drag Race, and they like were like lip sync to her song, and she was like lip sync, but she was like. <laughs> and it was like literally like she needed that promo. That song, Hood Boy, so good. <laughs> um. No face from Spirited Away. <laughs> you know, the, like, the little squishy one with the white face? Yeah. I, I don't engage much, um, but from what I can tell, an icon. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. It saved that girl's parents from being pigs. So, like, <laughs> an icon. Um, can I have a few more for you? Don't you have Do an SHS want... appointment to get to? Not yet. <laughs> we'll address that later. Taylor Swift. No. No. Even though I did reference her song in our last promotional post, writing dot, 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 ready for it, question mark. No. But I don't stand her. Yeah, again, I think we can listen to her music, but I don't think she should be, by any means, be elevated to any special status. Um, how about Cassie? Hell yeah. You mean <laughs> me and you, Cassie? Hmm? You mean me and you, Cassie? Yes. Yeah. Me and you, Cassie. Okay, and we'll do... The Deadliest Catch. <laughs> Can we claim that show as be the queer? The lobster fishing one. Yes. <laughs> Wait, how did you come up with this one? I, just I literally was just trawling my mind. Trawling as they do in The Deadliest Catch. Exactly. Thank you. For lobsters. Um, for us to eat. Thanks for coming. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a pleasure. And on that note, go to your appointment. Thank you. We're here with Prakash Mishra and Chris Cahill for some thoughts and meditations on body image in the queer community. Welcome, Prakash. Thank you. And welcome, Chris. Thanks. Great. So to start our discussion off, um, what does it mean to be body positive to you? And we'll start with Prakash. I think body positivity is like when you look at the cover of Vogue and it doesn't make you go like, oh, that should be me. It's just like, oh, she's pretty, but so am I, you know. Yeah, I totally agree. I think one story that comes to mind is like I want to be able to look at my body when I'm at a yoga studio in like the mirror that's right in front of you. And instead of being like, oh, I need to fix my shirt, like even though I'm in a yoga class, just be like, okay, I'm happy with that. Mm-hmm. Um, Prakash, can you talk a bit about the role that race and color play and the way we perceive our own bodies and the bodies of others? Yeah, definitely. So I think that especially in the queer community, we have a lot of labels um, that have kind of arisen out of uh, this need to kind of redefine ourselves after we were just like, okay, wait, like heteronormativity sucks, right? Um, And we start to see like, um, in like that early, late 90s, we start seeing like, you know, white men start to define these processes and like these subtypes of like, you know, there, there are twinks who have like this specific, like more feminine, um, these more feminine characteristics. And then we have bears who kind of like idealize like this other kind of body form. 
And they become like these two discrete subcultures that really are supposed to capture like the ends of like the body spectrum. But then when you start to see like more like non-white queers start to come into the mix, like the question that kind of avails itself to me, and uh, I'll talk about personal experience in a second, but like it's do we actually fit into those molds? Because a lot of those molds are really defined in like a white conscious space. So I remember like, the the first time I was ever like you know engaging in a grinder hookup you know the G set me up um, uh, the 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 uh, the partner in this hookup was like I take off my shirt and he just goes oh I think you're like a baby bear I don't know exactly what, are you an otter like I don't know but like none of these labels seem to fit and I'm like you know I've never actually like thought about like trying to label myself at this point and I'm just like you know why why do you why do you feel these labels don't fit like what does what does that even mean because at this point I'm just like what what am I like how should I define myself in this sexual interaction we're having um, and he just kind of goes like I don't know like you just don't fit like my idealized vision of that so the issue is like when you go online and we when you look up like bear or otter you tend to see these like very specific lumberjacky looking men for like the bear case or like when you look up a twink it's never someone who's non-white and sometimes you start to you've started to see like a subtype of like asian twinks but they have to be subtyped and i think that's like the issue is that body image in the queer community is not like an like a question of inclusivity it's a question of like how can we subtype you into like our existing white superstructures can you talk i know that you during your college experience have lost some weight if you're comfortable do you want to talk about kind of the motivators there and maybe some of the the problems that arise when we aim to change our bodies in different ways yeah for sure um so i think especially with like with gay men there's always this issue of like weight and like what the perfect weight is or also um perhaps if people are like naturally skinnier like how toned they are which i think is like a natural progression in some ways and, um, yeah, so I've definitely fallen into, like, that trap, I would say. And it's led me to want to lose weight. Um, I had, like, a freshman negative 20 instead of a freshman 15, which was, like, very much so linked to um, that experience and, like, experience on dating apps. And I think that in many ways um, it was it was a good, like, I think for health reasons, my family has, like, history of diabetes and stuff like that. Like, I definitely think it's good that I eventually lost weight. But I think the motivation of doing it for a sexual, like, image and sexual satisfaction as, as that relates to body image was entirely wrong. And, like, definitely something that, looking back, I regret entirely. I don't, regret's not the right word because it's, like, not per se my fault. But looking back, I think that I would have, like, totally approached it differently. Um... But I think that, like, cognizant of that now, I'm able to not make those same mistakes. How do you guys think that queer bodies are held to a different standard than straight bodies, if any at all? Because it seems like it's almost a little similar in that sense. I think it's, like, unfortunately similar in a lot of ways. Like, I think we've, you know, like, the, the reason the term homonormativity exists is that, like, we do do a lot of the things the way, like, straight people do. But I think that... Um, there are really interesting ways in which we've actually put power into into some of this stuff in a way that like doesn't exist in the straight community. And like one of the the key ways is like um, I think the bear subculture was like 
intended as like a way of like seeking power in things that were conventionally non-masculine or non-masculine in like a in a in a straight community. So like for example, like larger larger men would find like a lot of solace in being able to dress up in like flannels and jeans and like have big beards. These are conventionally masculine things, and it's saying like I'm taking back like my masculinity by like donning this aesthetic even though you think just because like of my body image i can't be a conventionally masculine person uh i'm trying to unpack that to be honest on one hand i mean also i can't speak for all queer people all i can only really speak from like the gay men experience and i think that i think i mean i think gay men i think the obvious point just to like flush that out is that we're held to higher like we hold ourselves to higher standards maybe than um society at large and I think that I mean not being like a straight man or like a woman, I I can't really like compare that well, but like from what I can tell, but I also, yeah. And I think that that like in turn has a really damaging effect, but I also think that like my interactions with queer people on the day to day are often really great. And they're often like not laced in like so much toxic, like body, like conversations and stuff like that. And I think that's something that actually isn't true for all subcultures. Like, I think like I'm thinking of Greek life. I think Greek life, for straight people actually like even though it's a communal thing isn't great for like body image and stuff but at the same point in time yeah it's like whenever you go into that romantic area or that like sexual or erotic era area then that's where all of that like nasty still comes out and is still there i also think the hookup app culture kind of allows people to not explore body types that they haven't idealized like if you're hooking up in a traditional sense maybe you meet someone at a, a club or whatever you know you're not seeing their full body beforehand but I think for a lot of people there is this expectation that you see someone's entire body or photographs rather of someone's entire body before you decide whether you want to hook up with them or not and I think that maybe is damaging for what people are willing to be attracted to this conversation is like definitely um, like, veered towards, and I'm guilty of this, like, dating apps, but I think that it's also really, really, really difficult for, like, young queer men to separate dating apps from body image, um, so I'm just wondering if there's, like, anything else about body image that isn't, that doesn't pertain to dating apps specifically? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you, you kind of... S- you kind of said it there. It's like the first time I actually had to grapple with body image was when I was opening up Grinder for the first time and I saw that the only pictures that I could see, they were either faceless men or they were torsos, right? Um, whereas like like you said, in my day-to-day interactions, oftentimes like the body image is not the chiefest thing that I'm talking about. It's usually a demi-meme if we're talking about <laughs> it. Like, I guess like even though like it's mainly online as we've, deduced right here we're like detectives but um, (laughs) (laughs) so how do you guys think that other people can work to like promote body image like every day I guess in person or online because I think that if it happens online it's kind of hard to know that someone's struggling if it's just from their phone and they're like oh flip that over I'm not just talking to you now so I think one of the ways that I really started to to grapple with body image, like, for myself and, like, try to seek body positivity is just, like, doing activities that, like, make me very conscientious of my body. So for some people, this is, like, you know, going to a yoga class. Um, for me, it was just, like, cooking and, like, sitting at home and being, like, okay, I'm, I know what I'm putting in my food. And I can, like, then say, like, oh, this is what I put in my body. So the next time someone, like, comments on something and makes me feel that way, I'm just, like, well, you know what? I had the best bell pepper last night. So... <laughs> 
out. You can you can sit down. You know, like it's it's just like that sense of like control and confidence in what you have. Yeah, I, I would say that there's also like not great queer media, and I think one of the best things about um I was about to say twenty seventeen twenty eighteen is that there like actually is some high quality queer media um be that like on Instagram or like on Facebook, and I think that surrounding yourself with the right queer media that is portraying like the right things like really helped me because I wasn't inundated with like Instagram explore hot guys. And I, and when I started to like see more, also like just diverse types of bodies, I think it normalized for me, like, okay, you don't need to be that. Um, and yeah, and I, th- I think maybe one thing too that I've done and I, I don't want to like tell other people to do it cause it was a very personal decision, but sometimes if something's toxic and you know, it's toxic, you like need to just take a break and that is, like, a good way to, at the very least, like, reflect on what's going on. So even if you're, like, still going to engage in something that, like, you know you have, like, a personal reaction with, you're, like, just, like, more aware of it. And you can take it as it is rather than, like, being in fact affected by it deeply. At the risk of sounding like a 2018 urbanite, you know, mindfulness is great, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> okay, this is, like, not a Caps plug, but <laughs> I would also say that um, I had a great person at Caps who sadly left. We will go unnamed. And um, I think that that experience also really helped me. Uh, I was, like, skeptical of going to Caps, and uh, but after going to Caps, and it wasn't really even entirely about body image, but that was, like, on the periphery. Perif- almost struggled there um <laughs> i think that really helped too because it's just someone to talk to that wasn't like your friends which can be nice well thank you both so much for sharing your thoughts and your stories thank you so much thank, thank you, you for, for having, having us. us oh my god <laughs> <laughs> i'm scared y'all like All the right, switch girls <laughs> <laughs> oh my god thank you, you guys thank you, thank the you. body image plastics <laughs> <laughs> thanks Thanks for listening to Bottoms on Top with myself, Andreas Pablo. And me, John Holmes. We want to take a moment to give special thanks to our producer, Lauren Sarantino. Our creative consultant, Joyce Varma. Our production assistant, Sammy Gordon. Wexler Recording Studio in the Kelly Writers House. Kate Gian, who made our cover art. And Andrew Ellis, who provides our theme music. You can find him on SoundCloud as Dummy Fresh. We'll see y'all in two weeks. <laughs>